0: This is a WTOP original podcast.
1: From Podcast
0: One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA.
1: It was an unprecedented uh, vote. We suspended Russia from the Human Rights Council. Linda
0: Thomas-Greenfield, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., talking about the problem that Russia has become.
1: Russia is a permanent member of, of the Security Council, and Russia is responsible for attacking its neighbor, compromising uh, all of the principles of the United Nations.
0: We asked her why, since Russia's responsible for so much mayhem, why it's still a member of the Security Council.
1: You know, they're a permanent member of the Se- Security Council. Uh, there are five of us who are permanent members, and that was determined when the UN was established. So there's nothing we can, can do to kick Russia off of the Security Council, but we can isolate them in the Security Council. We can condemn them.
0: Coming up on this episode of Target USA.
1: The National Security Podcast.
0: From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. This is Target USA.
1: The National Security Podcast.
0: I'm J.J. Green. The war in Ukraine is not going well for Russia. We're not seeing the full picture of the weapons that Ukraine is getting from the West, but it's getting billions of dollars in weapons from the U.S. and other countries. And frankly, the Allies might not know what all the other is contributing. But one thing they all know and they've all come together to do is to isolate Vladimir Putin and Russia. And recently, I spoke with the U.S.'s UN ambassador, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, about those efforts. It happened on the day that Russia was kicked off the Human Rights Council by the UN General Assembly.
1: It was an unprecedented uh, vote. We suspended Russia from the Human Rights Council. Russia is a permanent member of, of the Security Council. And Russia is responsible for attacking its neighbor, compromising uh, all of the principles of the United Nations, uh, attacking the sovereignty and, and uh, the border of, of a country, and committing uh, gross human rights violations and war crimes. They should not sit on on the Security Council. They have a responsibility as a member of the Security Council. uh, And as a member of the Security Council, they are sitting on the Human Rights Council violating human rights. So this suspension today was really uh, a great moment. It was uh, really a historic moment. And I'm very, very proud to have been associated uh, with the 93 countries who voted Uh, to suspend Russia.
0: You've spoken very eloquently several times about what Russia is doing and how they have been behaving, and not just in this situation, but before this all came about, this, this war. And a lot of people are asking the question, why is Russia on the security council anyway after all they've done it's a complicated situation but i wonder if you could just give us some insight into into why they they are still on the security council
1: you know, they're a permanent member of the Security Council. Uh, there are five of us who are permanent members, and that was determined when the UN was established. So there's nothing we can, can do to kick Russia off of the Security Council, but we can isolate them in the Security Council. We can condemn them in the Security Council, and we have succeeded in doing that.
0: So that being said, Russia continues, based on the information I've gotten, at least the latest information with today within the last few minutes before coming on with you, they're continuing these heinous activities across Ukraine. And I, I wonder if you would just take a moment or two to just tell our viewers and listeners how, what your thoughts are about what Russia's doing and just lay it out in context for us. You
1: know, we, we have seen the images, we've seen the videos of, uh, of the bodies in the street Uh, We have seen the destroyed buildings. And what Russia is doing is unconscionable. Uh, They are committing war crimes. They are committing human rights violations in the name of a, a leader who has decided that he is going to attack his neighbor. So this is Putin's unconscionable war against the Ukrainian people. And thousands of lives have been lost. Uh, innocent Ukrainians, but also Russian soldiers whose bodies have been left in the street, where uh, no one is there to pick them up or, or, or take them home to, to their mothers. So this is not just uh, a war that Russia is is carrying out against the Ukrainian people. What he's doing to his own people is 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 something that. Russians themselves ought to question, but it is also an attack on democracy. And that's why it's important that we and other countries are engaging on this aggressively, uh, because this is an attack on democracy, it's, attack, it's an attack on our freedoms, and it's, it's an attack on the U.N. charter. And we all have to stand up against uh, Russia's aggression.
0: The word that comes to mind when I hear you talk about this is dereliction dereliction of duty as a global citizen, as a neighbor, as a leader, and just as a human being. And, you know, I'm not going to go down that rhetorical road asking what is in his head, because nobody knows. But one one thing we have noticed in the last few weeks is there seems to be this pressure seems to be making a difference in some way. Can you talk to us about why this pressure from the UN and other elements of the global family if you will why this pressure is important and and what's next in terms of pushing this thing forward because it's clear you know so far he hasn't stopped
1: you know he he thought that he could go into uh, Ukraine and in two weeks uh, bring the Ukrainians to their knees uh, and have the Ukrainians waving uh, a white flag and he failed at that and he also thought that the international community would not come to Ukraine's defense that we would not be unified and he failed at that as well we are unified we're more unified than we've ever been NATO is more unified than it has ever been and we are all supporting Ukraine in in their effort to to fight against this Russian uh, aggression and while putin hasn't stopped and i'm not going to even pretend i can explain why he hasn't uh, stopped Uh, he knows that he cannot win this battle he is not going to uh, be able to defeat the ukrainians Uh, he will leave a lot of destruction behind but in the end uh, he will have lost uh, his own uh, reputation uh, and, uh, and hopefully uh, come out of this understanding, and other countries' understanding, that they cannot uh, un- make an unprovoked attack on another country.
0: I want to ask you, the U.N. plays a gigantic role on the world stage in the diplomatic realm, and so many other things, you know, having over my career, which has spanned a couple, of few decades actually, um, Seen the, the value of the work the U.N. does uh, around the world, this is one of the most important moments in history. Um, and because of the diplomatic work the U.N. does, a lot of the sanctions and a lot of the activity against Putin has been able to take place. So I want to ask, moving forward, what more can the U.N. do? Uh, is, there, is, there, is there a path forward on something else that the U.N. can do Uh, more that it can do in terms of dealing with the situation?
1: Well, first and foremost, the UN can uh, help uh, to uh, gather the evidence. There's a UN Commission, UN uh, High Commission, um, uh, sorry, a UN uh, Human Rights Council uh, Commission of Inquiry uh, that has been established. And that commission of inquiry will play an important role in gathering the evidence so that when we bring uh, uh, prosecutions forward, we have the evidence that is needed to hold Russia accountable. And that will be a key role that the U.N. can play in the future. The U.N. also plays a key role on the humanitarian front. Uh, U.N. Humanitarian uh, workers are on the front lines of 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 this fight. They are meeting. Uh, Ukrainians who are crossing the border into neighboring countries. I met with a number of them when I was in Romania and Moldova over the weekend. Many of them are inside uh, Ukraine supporting Ukrainians directly. Uh, and that is an important responsibility that the UN has to provide the humanitarian support, the welcoming uh, um, arms to Ukrainians who need the protection of, of the United Nations.
0: You know, I did see some of the video from your trip while you were there in Romania and um, you know some of the some of what you talked about well obviously it was heartbreaking and having been in war zones for many times myself can't imagine what this one was like but I wonder if you could share what your thoughts were as you were engaging with some of those people who were victims and and just seeing essentially what was unfolding in that region.
1: Uh, It was extraordinarily uh, emotional. Uh, I have a very, very hard time controlling the tears when I have four women in front of me all crying and telling uh, their stories of sorrow and and the horrors that they have experienced And, and the nightmares they're having about what is happening in their country. One woman told me she spoke to her husband. She'd left Odessa. And she spoke to her husband, and he said there's an attack going on right now very near our home. And, and she knows that she fled, and she's safe with, uh, with her son. Uh, here, w- we were in um, Romania, but she doesn't know if her husband will get out alive. Uh, she doesn't know if she will have a home uh, to go back to. Uh, so it, it it's it's sad and it's really uh, emotional uh, to hear these women. And while they are being welcomed with open arms, they were. Uh, um, being given uh, uh, meals, I had the opportunity to talk to Jose on, uh, Andreas while I was uh, there and 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 his organization's providing hot meals for them. And they're getting that kind of support. But that doesn't take the whole out of their hearts that they are feeling for not knowing what is happening to their home. Uh, one woman, I, I asked her where she was from. And she said, I don't know whether to say I live in Kiev, or I used to be from Kiev, and I can't even imagine that happening in in, in my own life i mean we're, we're talking about four million people who, in a matter of six weeks, crossed the border and left their homes behind. Ten million total who have been forced out of, out of their homes, six million people as as displaced people. Inside of Ukraine, and not knowing uh, where they are going to get their next meal, uh, in the cold, uh, without water, uh, without food, and and hearing um, uh, bombs being rained on them uh, all day and all night long. It it's more. Uh, none of us expected this kind of event to take place in Europe in this day and at this time.
0: That is exactly why so many of the people that I've spoken to are so grateful the U.S. is taking the leadership that it's taken in this, in this process. And, you know, you are the highest ranking U.S. government official that I've been able to speak to. But, you know, in addition, I've spoken to ambassadors and foreign ministers and um, other people of leadership, in leadership from other countries, and they have all expressed to me just how grateful they are and certainly i've been talking to folks from ukraine and they're so grateful for the role the u.s has played so far and i just wonder if you could just summarize for us before you have to go the importance of the role the u.s has played and why it's so important to president biden and the people on your team
1: you know president biden has been clear this is an attack on democracy Uh, it is a an autocracy trying to uh, force its way uh, into another country, redrawing borders, changing uh, uh, the, the, the world order. And we have to stand up. And we're, we're the largest country uh, opposing this, but we can't do it by ourselves. Uh, so we have worked in unity with our, our European colleagues uh, we have worked in unity with the Ukrainians. And and I have to say, Ukrainians, Ukrainians have been extraordinarily brave. I mean, imagine that the president of Ukraine has, has stayed in Kyiv while the city is under attack. And he's going out, meeting with his soldiers, going to hospitals, uh, uh, embracing Uh, His people going into areas where uh, the Russians have left bodies laying in the street. He spoke to the Security Council yesterday. And when he spoke to the Security Council, I'm sorry, it was on Tuesday that he spoke. uh, We were just enthralled by his words as he described what was going on and you can hear that his voice is crusty now it's not the same smooth bo- voice that he had when this started because he has been standing up and speaking for his people so we have to stand with them we have to support them and we have to embrace them uh, as they uh fight this battle for for their lives for their future for the, for their country and, um, and there's no better cause than the fight for democracy.
0: Well, Madam Ambassador, it is such a pleasure to talk to you today. And, um, uh, you know, I, I need to go. I know you need to go. Uh, yes. yes. I, need. I, could, I could talk to you for all day, but I know you have to go. But I want to ask you one more thing, if I can, before you go. Today is a historic day for the Supreme Court. Um, and you made history as well. So I wonder if you could just share with us just for a few seconds, what it's like to be an African-American woman in the position that you are on the global stage.
1: Well, I, I certainly don't see myself as being historic. Uh, there, there, uh, there have been African-American women in this position uh, before, uh, but I do feel personally uh, that this has been a, a historic moment in my own life Uh, given where I started. uh, I grew up in the segregated South. I uh, grew up uh, in a poor family. Uh, So to be where I am, given where I started from, uh, is uh, really uh, extraordinary for me and for my family. But also on this historic vote today for our uh, Supreme Court uh, member, I am uh, so proud of of, uh, Ketanji Brown. Uh, She is, she is making history. Uh, This is a historical moment, and I am so proud that I am here to witness that and to be part of her making history.
0: That's U.S. U.N. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield. That's it for this episode of Target USA, coming up in our next episode. Vladimir Katamurza has been poisoned twice by the Kremlin and survived. His wife, Evgenia, is concerned they will try it again. When you are getting such special treatment from the Russian government, it means that your work is actually getting noticed. She said the Kremlin's spies are relentless. They know exactly who you are and what you do. He was only given a 15-day jail sentence for a bogus traffic infraction, but she fears the sentence may be a lot higher. They failed in their attempts to kill him. Now they want to imprison him
1: to keep him away from his work.
0: That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskey tango Oscar Papa. Green at wtop.com. Also, please, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA,
1: the national security podcast.
0: Hey, Cobra Kai fans, come hear what Peyton List has to say on Kicking It With the Coves this week. Peyton plays one of my favorite characters, Tori Nichols. Our stunt coordinators came up with a sort of training background for each character. Mm, like, that's interesting. Uh, Tori had done a little kickboxing before. So that kind of came in when I first tried to take on Miguel and why I was cocky enough to think that, you know, I could come in here and I could just make an entrance. Listen to Kicking It With The Codes now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you can sweep your leg and get the podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.